Welcome to the Voice of Seven Thunders, a production of the Gospel Trumpet Publishing Company. We are your hosts. I'm Brother Ernest Binion Jr., your brother Stephen Hargrave. And on today's episode, we're going to continue our series on an overview of the book of Revelation. And today we're going to talk about the doctrine of the gospel day. Now that, yes. brother, is probably unknown in even the religious world. In many circles, that's right. And yet it's not exclusive to us in, in this sense. We didn't come up with this. Mm-hmm. This has been in the earth for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. It's a well-known doctrine among Church of God people, but not to general Christendom, and extremely critical to understanding the book of Revelation is this doctrine of the Absolutely. gospel day. If this is your first time listening to us, we'd like to hear from you. If you have questions or comments, you can send those to editor at thegospeltrumpet.com. Again, you can send questions and comments to editor at thegospeltrumpet.com. On this format, this podcast, we're going to move fast through some things. We've got a time limit here, and there's no way we can cover everything. Our burden is to try to lay a foundation for your understanding so that you can more deeply understand the Bible as you study. So feel free to pause, rewind, review, recall as you go through this yes. podcast because we are going to move kind of quickly. Before we get into the Gospel Day, I thought it might be helpful to talk a little bit in principle about reading the Bible. So I'd like to begin by reading in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 28. Isaiah chapter number 28. I'm going to start reading in verse number 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? And that's what we're doing here. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. So he's talking about moving on from infancy to the next stage of life here. That's the preface here to the statement. And I'd like to read where it says, verse 10. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, and there a little. Verse 13, but the word of the Lord was unto them, and he says it again, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, and there a little. And we'll just stop there for the sake of this presentation. The reason I read that is this. The Word of God is not a dead letter. Amen. It is the living Word of God. Amen. And all who read it, and I don't just mean read it in the casual sense, but all who read it will find life in its pages. The Bible cannot be confined to the limits of our own understanding. Okay? In other words, if we just approach the Bible coldly, or indifferently, or um, carelessly, we're not going to actually gain. It will be a dead letter, though you read every single word on every page. There are people who have read multiple times through the Bible, and they're no further along in their spiritual Christian walk than they were when they started. Okay. The Bible must be read, first of all, reverently. Yes. And the Bible has to be learned. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about learning in the theological sense. I'm not talking about everybody should go to some local seminary in order to learn the Bible. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in the sense of learning in relationship. To know something in the deepest sense of knowing, not the knowledge of fact, but the experiential knowledge of mm-hmm. the Bible 
is critical to understanding as we're dealing with our, here the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. The Bible is supposed to be something, Brother Steve, that you are intimate with. Yes. And more importantly, it's intimate with you. Amen. If you read the Bible one-sided, I'm just reading it, and I don't allow the Bible to read me. That's right. Then I cannot attain to the blessing. I can't attain to the prophetic understanding. Again, it just becomes a dead letter to me. So John said in his book, uh, his gospel, 1 John, or excuse me, chapter 1 of the gospel of John, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So here in our reading in Isaiah, he says, for it must be precept upon precept, line upon line. What I want to draw from that is this. The Bible comes with its own kind of um, language ecosystem. Yes. And inside of it, it has its own context. It has its own meaning. It has its own syntax. And all of us have to get inside of it. We can't bring it into our own context um, no matter where you come from. If you're from the deep south, if you're from the far east, if you're from the north, wherever you're from in the world, all of us have to come to the Bible's ecosystem if we're going to get it. Amen. I wrote here in my notes, the Bible read in any language has yet its own language, Yes. though it be in your language. Amen. Okay. Amen. So Isaiah is giving us a key to understanding, and that is this. As we go through the book of Revelation, we're going to be going through precept upon precept. Amen. Nothing can contradict. That's against the nature of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be uh, misunderstood or misapplied if done line upon line like a chain link fix. We're going to keep everything connected in its proper place, proper order. And as long as we do that, then the Word of God will be harmony. It will be like a, it would be like a musical piece. Every note, though individual, played together instead of cacophony mm-hmm. is beautiful music. Okay, so I think I'll stop there. I've got some other examples I think would be good to talk about. Well, let me do it now. You're shaking your head. The audience can't see your head. I'm shaking my head like, go ahead, Let me give some examples. Yes, Let me give some examples of what I mean by this. And this will help to kind of convey what I'm trying to say with regard to and lead into our understanding of the gospel day. So let me give an example. I'm going to pick several books of the Bible. Let me start with the books of Haggai, Zechariah, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Number one, historically, they're contemporary writers. Mm -hmm. They all were writing near or at the very same time about the very same circumstances to the very same people. Yes, sir. Their writing was directly to their direct audience. Okay? So Ezra was a part of those who left Babylon, came back to Jerusalem to restore the kingdom of Israel. Amen. So was Nehemiah. Haggai and Zechariah were prophets who, after the ceasing of the building had begun, had stirred the Jews back into action. Mm-hmm. Those messages were absolutely, when we read those Bible, when we read those those books of the Bible, were absolutely for those people. Yes. But they were not, listen to me, primarily for those people. Amen. Now, you might find that interesting, but that's how the Bible works. It's absolutely first for them, but not primarily for them. Amen. It was primarily for another people at another time. Yes, sir. Who their time prophetically foreshadowed. 
Yes. And this is a part of understanding. This is why I say precept upon precept. Mm -hmm. This is a part of understanding the gospel day. I'm going to give you another very simple example. In the book of Deuteronomy, I'm going to go there and read that very quickly. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 18, the prophet Moses said in verse 15, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. After the death of Moses, the children of Israel were led into the land of promise by the prophet Joshua. His name in the Hebrew is Hebrew number 3091, Eushua, or we would say Joshua. Mm-hmm. His name simply means Jehovah is salvation. Yeah. And Joshua fulfills this text. Yes. Deuteronomy 18.15, Joshua fulfills the text. But he's not the primary fulfillment of the text. Amen. He is the fulfillment, but he's not the primary fulfillment. The primary fulfillment was to be at another time for another person. Yes, that person, of course, is the person, the man, Jesus Christ, who Greek number 2424 is um, Jesus or Iesus, right? That would be said in the Greek, Iesus, or defined as Jehovah is salvation. Same name, different people, both fulfilled, but the higher or the consummate fulfillment mm-hmm. is in Matthew one twenty one, Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is all preface. We're talking about the gospel day as a critical component of understanding the book of Revelation. All right? Amen. Brother Steve. Excellent. Brother, excellent introduction. An introduction. We'll get right into the gospel day. Yes, and sir. I'll say here in the very beginning, as we get into it, that what we're going to go through here is going to serve not only for this particular uh, segment of the podcast, but it's going to serve for our very well for our next segment. Actually, we could blend both of the two together, but the reason why we're just focusing on the gospel day is to avoid confusion. But we could actually use many of the very same scriptures that we're going to use, and then we'll see how we're building an understanding through what the Lord is helping us to unravel here. So what we'll do is we'll begin in 1 Peter. We'll go through some verses. This will be a very brief uh, study of the gospel day because the gospel day, as in many other studies, you, you could study this for all year. The pastors can preach on the gospel day literally every Sunday all year, no mm-hmm. problem. So 1 Peter chapter number 1. And brother, I am going to ask you to read, and this goes right along with what you said in the introduction, that it certainly was for them, so the prophets of old are speaking, it certainly was for them. It definitely applied to them at their time, but it wasn't primarily to them, and Peter's about to help us to understand that just through a proof text here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10. Start reading that, please. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Yes who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Now, brother, this is tremendous. This almost doesn't need a lot of elaboration, but we're going to provide some just to help the audience. So the salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation that Peter is writing that the saints had experienced at that time. And he says something very important here, that which it, it completely verifies your statement that you made in the opening who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. In other words, Peter is helping us to be aware that when the prophets were speaking, they were speaking about something that was going to be experienced in its fullness 
by other people right. of another dispensation. Very good. All right. Go ahead and read verse 11. Verse 11. Searching what? They were searching. He's talking about the prophets of old. They were searching what? Or what manner of time? What manner of time? When? What is this? And when will this happen? The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of this Christ. We're here. studying the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of Christ which was in them. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse, has to be including every single action of every single man yes, sir. in whom the Spirit of, of Christ, Christ was, was operating. Even before Christ came on the earth. Before there was a baby born in a manger, the, the Spirit, Spirit of Christ, Christ was operating in men. For he is the Spirit of prophecy. He is the very Spirit of prophecy. Yes, brother, read. Which was in them... I'm, I'm just going back up. It's yes. the word of God. Yes, brother. Let's have some fun Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Searching what? Yes. Or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. So there was a representation. The spirit of Christ's spirit speaking in them, moving in them, was representing a time. And they wanted to know, what is it? When is it? Go ahead. When it... <clears throat> Or it might be better said he. It is he. When you look up that word he, and you can study this on your own, we'll inject this here. When you look up that word it, you'll find that it would be better represented he. And you can look that up on your own. When he or it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. This is very interesting. I'll insert here just real quickly. There are people that say this religion was uh, was in place before the Christian religion. That religion was in place okay, before the very Christian good. religion because they're looking at the time when Jesus Christ himself was born. Right. And they're saying, no, there was a religion in place uh, before that. And they had uh, some semblance of a virgin birth and they had a child. And it appears historically that it came before the birth of Christ. But here, Peter's helping us to know all the way back from the beginning, holy men of old, the very spirit of the anointed one was inside of them, working, moving, operating, testifying about something that should come. Yes. Of, of, of the two things that they mentioned. I like this. Here. Yes. There's one, the sufferings of Christ. Yes. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes, of course. And what we're reading about, the glory. Yes. That should follow. In other words, the working of Christ didn't end at the cross. There was a glorious following. There was a glorious following. Go ahead and say something, brother. <laughs> no, brother, I'm, I, I, was, I was being quietly encouraged. There was a glorious following of the sufferings of Christ, and that's what the Spirit of Christ was inside of the prophets telling us about that have come unto us now. Brother, this is a beautiful thing. Now, I don't want to just linger here unnecessarily, but I think this is a little necessary to linger. It's a beautiful thing to know that God's Spirit was so burdened and so excited and so much full of life and, and vitality that he had to move as, as almost like God was breathing breath into uh, the breath of life into not only Adam at the creation, but into all right. of his holy That's prophets. Right. I'm breathing the breath of life. And so the Spirit, it's almost like I can say the Spirit of Christ, brother, was inside of men merging and moving the spirit because every man has a spirit right. Mer merging and moving uh, the spirit of man merging with and moving speaking to the very spirit of man and here we have inside of man to me this is beautiful inside of holy men of old from the beginning there has been a holy 
a holy merging, mm-hmm. a connection between the spirit of the anointed one, the spirit of Christ, and the man's human spirit. And the spirit of Christ moved that man or those men's spirit and spake to them so that when the man spake out of his mouth, he actually spake with the voice of God. That's right. The spirit of God and the spirit of man, though definitely distinct, became one. One burden, one moving, one message, one life, one faith. And I think it's a beautiful thing that happened in Holy Men of Old, brother. Amen. Holy Men of Old. Amen. Were we done with that? We weren't. Verse 12. Unto whom? Yes. It was revealed. Unto the holy men of old, God didn't leave them stranded. He revealed something to them. There was a revelation. We're studying the revelation. very good. Okay. Unto whom there was a revelation given. I think we can say this, that this was a revelation of Jesus Christ that was given. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, How can, can you say that? Because it was the Spirit of Christ. It was the Spirit of Christ in them. It was the Spirit of Christ. was revealing to them. So this is very important. It was important. signifying. Yes, brother. Which in the opening of Gen- uh, Revelation chapter 1, it talks about the signifying to John. Yes, okay, brother. Okay, we'll, 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 let's exact, stay on track. No, that's exactly right. I'm just being encouraged over here. The audience, the audience can't see my joy, but go ahead, brother. All right. Unto whom it was revealed. Unto whom it was revealed. That not unto themselves. Now, this is a revelation. It's a good revelation, but it almost makes you say, Lord. Thank you for speaking to me. I see it's not unto me, not unto ourselves, but unto us. Now listen, Peter said, unto us. They did minister <laughs> the goes, things. It goes back to your opening statement. Sure, they were talking uh, to the people that were there. Certainly, there were people present that were receiving their word. Yet, the greater reality is, and the greater fulfillment is, they were speaking not to themselves, but to us in the New Testament time. I'm going to keep reading. It looks like you're searching for something. Okay, I got you. Which are now reported right, unto right, you. brother. You look like you're having a good time. If I wish the audience could see this brother got two Bibles. <laughs> brother got two Bibles. His, his fingers on one. Okay, go ahead. Which are now reported unto you. Which are now reported unto you. By them that have preached the gospel unto you. By them that have preached the gospel. Hold on. So Isaiah said in one place, who has believed our report? Right, right, okay? right, right. So now Peter is saying, Peter is saying, everything that those, so we, we see that this is very important. We see a culmination of everything that the Spirit of Christ did in men in the Old Testament time. Everything. So all of that history, all of that Old Testament history has been has been culminated in, the, in every working of the Spirit of Christ in men of the Old Testament has now been pointing forward, Peter tells us, to this time. And so he's saying, I'm now we're now pouring out the report unto the unto you by them. Those that are preaching the gospel unto you are giving the report that those holy men of old had with the Holy Ghost, it says, sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. I'm just going to quickly give an example in Daniel chapter 12. Please. Daniel chapter 12, verse 8. And I heard, mm-hmm. and I understood not. Yes. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Yeah, this, this is a good Daniel. example. This is the prophet Daniel. This is a good example. In whom the Spirit of Christ was in. It's exactly what Peter's talking about. And God is talking to Daniel. It's exactly what he's talking about. Okay, and Daniel says... What shall be the end of these things? Daniel, oh, it, he, and it, 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 has, it adds the exclamation, Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Like there was this yearning, burning desire. Lord, what's going to show me this? Mm-hmm. And he said, this is the response. Yes. Go thy way, Daniel. All right. For the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Now, could you imagine you have the vision in front of you? It's right here. It's sealed. It's what? It's sealed. 
Say that one more time. It's sealed. So are there any seals in Revelation? There are seals in Revelation. Okay, and I realize that that there is talking about, <clears throat> pardon me, that that there is talking about it's sealed until a certain time. It's exactly what it says. Okay. Until the time of the end. Until the time of the end. Which is important because back to precept upon precept, it's not talking about the end of time. That's right. As we understand those words. Again, mm-hmm. the Bible has its that, own that's, that's good. language ecosystem. That's good. So it's talking about the end of of the gospel day, which we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And here he said, till the time of the end, we might say until the time of the end, when mm-hmm. it will be revealed. Absolutely. Which is exactly what Peter, the apostle Peter just was trying us. to tell him about unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things. Listen, which are now reported. In other words, there, there was a revelation that was begun in the time of Peter that could not have been done in the time of old, though the Spirit of Christ was working inside of men. But thou, verse 13, thou go... <laughs> oh, Daniel, Lord bless you, I kiss him. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot. That's wonderful. At the end of thy days. Brother, that, that, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, glory, brother. That's, that's wonderful. That's good talking right there. Brother, it's excellent. It's excellent. Okay, so we're about halfway through with this Are podcast we, well, episode. Okay. We, we got to cover we, the gospel we, day, We did Steve. one scripture. Okay, now, yeah, that's I, one scripture. I, I'll say this. We, we have one, one little passage. But I'll say this for the encouragement of the audience, that we've just covered the gospel day. Yes, that's we have. That's not the last scripture we're going to go to. No. But we've just covered the gospel day. So the audience, when we say the gospel, they think, the Christian audience, or those that are familiar with the Bible, they think, oh, okay, the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They would understand the concept, the wording, New Testament time period. Very good. Okay? So they would comprehend that. Yes, it's a New Testament time. They'd also understand there is an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. Now, I'm not getting into all the, all the different intricacies and all the battles of what is, what is right and what is wrong. To me, Peter has just cleared up what the New Testament services and how what the New Testament brought to us is now incorporated in and proclaimed in the fulfillment of the word through the New Testament preaching. That's right. To me, Peter has just cleared that up. Did that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. So, but we need to get more scripture. So everybody understands that there's a New Testament time, but the terminology, the gospel day is perhaps not as familiar with others. And so what we're going to do is we're going to now turn to Malachi. Again, we're in the prophets. And this is a revelation study. Which means we're getting the Spirit of Christ. We're getting the, we're Spirit not living of Christ. the Spirit of Christ. So Malachi, also, Peter just told us that the holy men of old were having the Spirit of Christ working and moving in them. Malachi qualifies for that. So let's read what Malachi wrote by the Spirit of Christ. Okay? Malachi chapter 4 and verse 1. Brother, read that when you get a chance, please. For, behold, the day cometh. That shall burn as an oven. This day comes. Well, hold on. There's a day coming. Mm-hmm. A day is coming. Not eternity. No. He's talking is... about burning here because there are, there are concepts in the earth, in Christendom, yes. that people will automatically... This is what we say. There's, a, there's an ecosystem That's right. that you've got to get inside of. Mm-hmm. So someone says, well, yes, a day's coming. And it says, which will burn as an oven. It seems, oh, yes, is that talking about hell? No, it's talking about a time period. Because remember, not unto themselves. But Malachi unto falls in that. That's right. He's not, he's not talking about unto themselves. But unto us they did minister the things, listen, which are now reported. So there is a day or a time period coming that shall burn as an oven. Keep reading. And all the proud. Yes. Yea, 
And all that do wickedly. All that do wickedly. Shall be stubble. They'll be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up. The day that cometh shall burn them up. This is the proud and the wicked are going to get burned up. Go ahead. Saith the Lord of hosts. Yes. That it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Root nor branch. So someone can easily mistake this for eternity. They could easily mistake this for hell if that's their mind frame. But the next verse is going to help us to understand. Okay, this is not talking about eternity. So this day is going to come and there are going to be people that are proud and wicked. They're going to be burned up and they're not going to have either root nor branch. But, but, mm -hmm. so here we have something different. Unto you that fear my name. Unto you that fear my name. Those that fear Christ. Fear God. Shall the son of righteousness arise? Shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings? With healing in his wings. Now listen. And ye shall go forth. Ye shall go forth and grow up. And grow up. That's a message title. Go forth and grow. Oh, brother, that is go a, forth and that grow. That is a message title. I like that. Yeah, that is. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to preach that. <laughs> and ye shall go forth. Yes. And grow up as calves of the stall. Okay, so this is very clearly speaking about uh, progression, Christian growth, Christian development, but it's talking about the people that are wicked. There's going to come a time period where the people that are wicked are going to be receiving a judgment. So it's not incorrect to think of judgment. It is just simply incorrect to think of judgment day. Right. The, final the final judgment, judgment day. day. But there is a judgment when the appearing of Christ would come. Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. There's a day coming that's going to burn as an oven. Now let's get some examples real quickly of a burning day. Let's go to the New Testament time because we're telling the people that they go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're telling the people, uh, our listeners, that this is not really talking about eternity. It's not really talking about hell fire, but it's talking about a period of time, a day, a dispensation that judgment is given and that the proud and the wicked are judged by the Spirit of God. Okay, now let's go Let's go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Also, I'll say this too, that speaking of that same day, in that same day there are those that go forth and they grow up as calves of the stall. In other words, they're fed well, they're growing up, the son of righteousness, and that is a capital S. That's right. So there was a S-O-N. sense. There was a sense where uh, Malachi understood, there was a sense where our, our translators understood, there's something different here. It's not just talking about the sun, the uh, ball of fire in the sky. There's a sense where there's going to be a rising up from the east of the sun of righteousness. This is speaking specifically about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. All right. So First uh, Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 13. Verse 13, brother. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Every man's work shall be made manifest. This is the Apostle Paul, of course, writing to the Corinthians. So this is going to tell us whether you are calf or you're uh, stubble. Yes, exactly. Okay. Very exactly. good. For the day shall declare it. Okay. The so, day. So the Apostle Paul is now using the terminology, the day. And what he's simply saying, there's no need to be confused about this. This day that he's referring to is the same day that Malachi said would come. So what the Apostle Paul is saying is, we're in this day that burns as an oven. Can we we understand? Yes, sir. sir. So we're in this day that shall shall burn as an oven. Uh, Let's back up a little bit. Verse 11. Start reading 1 Corinthians 3, 11. 
For other foundation can no man lay Listen. than that is laid, yes. which is Jesus Christ. There's only one foundation. So let's establish that. Read, please. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, there are gold. People building on this foundation, gold. Silver. Silver. Precious stones. Yes. Wood. Wood. Hay. Hay. Stubble. Stubble. Notice he gives things that are flammable. At the end, but then things that only get refined and get better with fire. That's right. At the beginning. Go ahead. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Okay, so all he's saying is that people are working, they're living, they're praying, they're operating. And whatever work you're doing is going to be revealed or it's going to be manifest. Your work is either gold, silver, or precious stones, or it's wood, hay, or stubble. In other words, there's some work. That is not good, and there's some works that are good. Okay, read. For the day shall declare it. And the day's going to tell which it is. Again, the day that burns like an oven. Go ahead. And we'll see that next here. Because it shall be revealed by fire. The work shall be revealed by fire. Say, that's talking about hell. It is not. Stay with us. And the fire. The fire. Shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, without getting into an overabundance of scriptures, because we can prove uh, that when it's talking about fire, it's talking about the very word of God itself. That's right. The word of God, God is always associated with fire. Moses in the burning bush, Elijah calling down fire from heaven, okay? Is not my word as a fire, Jeremiah 23, 29. Okay, the Acts of the Apostles, they were cloven tongues of fire. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 2. Let's get that because he's a prophet. Let's get, hold your place there. Let's get Malachi 3 and 2. And let's see what he says about fire. Malachi 3 and 2. It says, again, uh, I'm going to read verse 1. We've read this in podcasts past, but we want to connect it all because we're doing studying the Revelation. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. The messenger of the covenant is the Lord. Right. Whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 2. But who may abide the day of his coming? All it's talking about is the messenger of the covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ, will come. But who is going to be able to live or abide the day of his coming or the time period, the New Testament time period of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? Who's he? The Lord Jesus Christ, the messenger of the covenant. For he is like a refiner's fire. Very good. And like fuller's soap. Very clear. It's talking, it's talking about a, a, a fuller soap. It's talking about a cleaner, like a cleaner that used to stomp and step on uh, things and to get it to get them clean. But we want to focus on fire because the Apostle Paul says that the, it shall be re- revealed by fire. The Lord Jesus Christ himself is fire. For our God is a consuming fire. What does he consume? He consumes, Brother Binion, everything that can be consumed. Yes, sir. Everything about our lives that can be consumed, that needs to be consumed. The messenger of the covenant is coming. And if there's pride, if there's wickedness, that's going to be consumed. And he's not going to leave you any root or branch. He's not going to leave you any place to stand. And that's what that's talking about in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verses 11 through we read uh, 13. Every man's work shall be tried by fire of what sort it is. Brother, I'd like to read more, but we're going to leave some for the audience there in that place. They, that somebody's saying, well, keep reading. If any man's work abide. Well, I'll say this much. I'll give you this much before we move on. If your work abide, that means it abided the fire. That's right. Okay. It was able to abide the fire. That means you had works that were gold or silver 
or precious stones that were able to abide the fire. And again, let's just go ahead and say it for the sake of those that might still think, but it's got to be referring to hellfire. No. Mm -hmm. Verse 15 goes on back to 1 Corinthians 3. says, But if any man's work shall be burned, Mm -hmm. he shall suffer loss, Yes. but he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. In other words, Tell me what suffer loss means. This judgment... this judgment allows you to make change before hellfire. Yes. In hellfire, that's condemnation. It's over. You mm-hmm. are what you are. As the tree lieth, so shall it be. The This particular uh, loss is the decision that you have to make either mm-hmm. to get rid of the things that are burnt by the judgment of the word of yes. God or to hold on to them and you actually are lost. Amen. Amen. Because you held on to what you refused to allow to be burned. And so who is going to judge us at the final day? Of course, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the Word of God. He's the Word of God, and He'll come to judge. And so when He shows up on the scene, the judgment is already set, and we just have to make the decision. That's right. We have to make the decision. Will I hold on to this? Will I acknowledge the truth? Very good. Will I be burned up? Okay. Excellent. So now we need to... So the the point is, we're dealing with a gospel day. There is a day. There's a time period in which the Lord Jesus Christ will come, and there's nothing after that time period. In other words, there's not another dispensation. And if we have time, we'll, we'll get more into that. But the gospel day is just, we're simp- when we say gospel day, we're simply saying the time period w- that was prophesied about of old, where Jesus was to come, and when he came, he would establish uh, the judgment, the Christian faith, the church of God, and go forward all the way until the end of time. All right. So, We are at the end of this podcast for now. We want to come back and we want to pick up this topic in part two. Excellent. So we'll close it by saying you've been listening to The Voice of Seven Thunders, a production of the Gospel Trumpet Publishing Company. And we would like to hear from your comments and questions if you would send them to editor at thegospeltrumpet.com. Again, you can send questions and comments to the or excuse me, editor at thegospeltrumpet.com. I'll say it one more time. Editor at thegospeltrumpet.com. You can also go to our website at www.churchofgod.com where you'll find life-changing preaching and anointed singing. We've been your host. I'm Brother Ernest Binion Jr. and here with Brother Stephen Hargrave, Apostles of the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. May the Lord bless you.